You're listening to The Social Workers on WCDB Albany. Welcome to The Social Workers Radio Talk Show. I'm your co-host, Alyssa Lotmore. And today we have Bill Mannell as our guest. Bill is a licensed marriage and family therapist in private practice in Connecticut. He's a former adjunct faculty in the marriage and family program at Southern Connecticut State University, where he served as a clinical supervisor and taught a course in family of origin. As an international trainer and facilitator in the Family Constellations Method, Bill has conducted seminars in Connecticut, New York, California, Germany, Denmark, Australia, Mexico, Spain, Belgium, Brazil, Canada, Croatia, and China, so a world traveler. Interested in the intersection of psychotherapy and spirituality, he is currently exploring quote-unquote symptoms as symbolic road signs for waking up. Welcome to the show, Bill. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So you're going to be giving an upcoming workshop at the UAlbany School of Social Welfare uh, titled Embracing the Unknown, Not Knowing in the Time of COVID-19. And that workshop will be held on June 25th. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as we move on into the show. But before we talk about your upcoming workshop, let me hear a little bit about your background. You know, you were a guest a few years ago and discussed your expertise in family constellations. As your, your bio said, you've traveled the world giving trainings. Tell us a little bit about your work thus far and how you've gathered all of this knowledge on these topics. Well, my recent work is uh, I've been actually teaching in Shanghai, um, Family Constellations. I've been doing a training, training people how to do the work and then um, doing doing workshops. So that's my most recent. Of course, everything got shut down this year. And this year is basically a wash. Uh, I'm supposed to do a little bit more traveling. We all know that, yeah, especially with workshops and conferences and things. Uh, but I've been doing the family constellations for the last 18 years. And uh, one of the things that's preeminent is it, um, that I've learned as a facilitator is you kind of just trust what's happening uh, when you're working with a large group or a small group because you don't know what's going to happen um, as you're working with someone's past history or their trauma. And one of the, my teachers had said once that one of the key interventions is to trust the not knowing. Um, so that always stuck with me. And so, you know, cause we don't know, uh, especially when we're working with someone, we don't know what's going to happen next. And if you're working in a workshop, you don't know what's going to happen next and to trust it, not only uh, for yourself, but for the, the client because the client doesn't know what's going to happen next um and i've i've been curious about that uh it's the unknown is different i think so i had a, in the title trust the not knowing versus the unknown we kind of the unknown is unknown but the not knowing is i don't know what's going to happen next i don't know um uh, what's going to show up and that can be that can be create a lot of anxiety for people uh, so this work, the constellation work, has really helped me. And plus, I, I'm a meditator, so um, and I sit. Uh, and some of my teachers, you know, that's implied is you don't know what's going to happen. So you have to trust what's what is, you know. And uh, I've embraced that a lot more, and that's helped. It's helped because you know we're so 
geared towards what's going to be next and I need to know what's going to happen and I need to do this and you know what's the plan and sometimes you can have those uh, and sometimes you don't and then that not knowing can create a lot of anxiety. I definitely agree with that as somebody who likes to plan and it's it's sort of that human nature at times to be able to sort of know what to expect. So this whole time with COVID-19 and the pandemic and not knowing what's happening has really made us go out of that comfort zone of being able to have that sense of control. And it's, it's an interesting time. Well, that's what happens. I mean, it's, that's interesting. You said control, right? So we like to be in control and obviously on some bigger level, we have no control, right? but on some small level, we can get up, we can do our routine. Uh, but a lot of that's been taken away and we're left with ourselves. And so for people who are, tend to be much more introverted, this is an okay time. People who are much more planners and extroverted, this is a crazy time. You know, what do I do next? I can't go to the gym. I can't do this. I can't do. And so what, what I want to explore is, okay, so how do you sit with that? Uh, and what comes up when you can't sit with that? And if I'm talking to social workers or therapists, you know, I want to know what goes on for them personally so they can be more in touch with themselves so they can help their clients be more in touch. This is a scary time. Uh, well, it's scary because I think the scariness comes up, right? The, the things we, we've been avoiding or didn't have to pay attention to, and now they're all just coming to the surface. So that's the idea of trusting the not knowing. You know, and you, you mentioned safety too. And I want to quote one of the paragraphs from your upcoming workshop. When you, when you open up in the description, you said throughout the history, sages, mystics, and philosophers called the place between certainty and what's around the corner, the unknown. Anticipating the unknown, the not knowing, invokes anxiety when we lose sight of the harbor of our perceived safety. During this pandemic, social distancing and isolation, what you thought you knew is dissolving. And that desire and struggle to get back to normal, you know, quote unquote normal, fuels the fear of uncertainty, compelling us to cling to what was, avoid what is, while trying to remain present. So let's talk a little bit about our ideas about safety and what normal means to us, because it's all coming, you know, crashing it in some ways for individuals who, like you said, like to plan, like that sense of, you know, quote unquote control. Well, planning is okay. We all have a planning mind. It's, it's when, when the plans don't, you know, sometimes if you, well, if simple things, right? If you, you have a kids or you have a job that's stressful, so things can change on a dime. So you have to throw the plans out the window. How do you adapt just to that? But now this bigger event is happening, right? The virus. And so people get afraid or it shakes what our foundations of safety. Because on some level, in some way, uh, we can keep ourselves safe, safe maybe from harm. Uh, we, can, we can practice healthy uh, exercises and eating habits, keep our body safe, we keep our family safe. But psychological safety is, you know, we depend on a routine. We depend on everything outside of us to function. Okay, yeah, I got to go to the grocery store and, you know, Walmart's open at a certain time. It's all this, it's in this bigger cultural condition, right? Yeah, the trains are running on time. No, no, it's all stopped. Mm -hmm. And so that brings up that anxiety. Okay, and that can, so that's the idea of the, the, you know, where's the light in the harbor? Where's the light? I got to get back to shore. And it rocks the boat a little bit. So the invitation is, you know, you probably 
have more inner strength than you think you do. Uh, but we, what we do is, as humans, and this is more of a Buddhist perspective, is we, we, we avoid this, I don't want that, which is like an aversion, and we want to cling to this, I want more of this, versus what happens if you just sort of bring the boat into some sort of middle ground and, and just, okay, let me not try to rock the boat going one way or the other way. Uh, and you'd be surprised that people tend to calm down. People tend to calm down. It's, it's not giving up your idea of safety. It's challenging your idea of safety. What does that mean for you? People, I got to get back to normal. Look at, look at everybody fighting now. It's, things are opening. I want to go to the bar. I want, and a lot of it's contact, right? I want to reconnect. And they're fighting for that. And I just think there's like this, yes, we're human. We want, we want the contact, the connection. But there's something else that's pushing us up because we there's and I think on some level it's a delusion. We think if we do all this, everything will be fine. This this virus is is a virus and it's a killer and it's it's going to do what it's going to do until we come up with a vaccine. But even then, we don't know if we'll be safe. I know it's a long-winded way to get around to your cool question. No, but it's it's true. It's true, and that sense of connection, that sense of being around people, it's. It's when we think about humans and relationships, that's such a critical part. So it's just, it take, when you take away that ability to connect, it kind of can cause that extra discomfort or where we used to go to people for if we were upset or we needed some sort of comfort or normalcy, we'd go to people we care about. And now that's sort of taken away in the, you know, it has to be virtual. It's, it's, taken, it's taken away. And, and I think for the younger crowd, like I have teenagers, their way of connecting it's always been online. It's always online, you know, through Facebook, through TikTok. Through, so they're always on their phone. So, and yes, they see each other in high school and that's a whole nother issue. There's no, there's no schools and, but they're constantly, you know, on a screen where some of us older adults who are not used to that, it's that, but they're used to their routine and the routine is shut down. And then when the routine is shut down, most, mostly what I've been hearing is, is, is lack of, you know, lack of focus. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And that can bring up anxiety. So the purpose of this is we're going to address that. What is that for everybody? What's your biggest fear? What comes up? And then we'll talk about ways to calm that down because we all have an inner strength, but sometimes when these things, events hit, we forget we have that inner strength. We just forget. We panic because our, our, the rug has been pulled out from under us. Now, one of the things you mentioned before was that th the way out is through. Can you discuss a little bit about what that means? Yeah. Oh, the, someone I, uh, a Zen teacher, Buddhist teacher, like Mark Epstein, he's actually a psychiatrist in New York. He's written a lot of books, Thoughts Without a Thinker, uh, going, going to Pieces Without Falling Apart. Great book. Uh, and he, he in, the, in his recent book, The Trauma of Everyday Life, he writes The Way Out is Through. That's an old Buddhist thought. Some, someone reminded me, it, the quote came from someone else. But the idea is if you're going to, we like to avoid our issues. The only way for me is to deal with our fears, to go through towards, is face the fear and go towards it. So Mark would say the way out is through. So the way out of a problem is through the problem, not running away. You run away from something, it just makes it bigger. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a quote I read recently, if you, if you run away from death, you run right into its arms. You, yeah. So, and so part of what I want to get across is, you know, hopefully in this, in the workshop, 
is to give some people some practical exercises that they can sort of breathe and say, okay, and then they can translate that to clients who might be dealing with a difficult situation is to face, face your demon or face your dragon. I like to use the word dragon because it has some sort of visual, visual uh, context, is face the dragon. It's, we want to run from it. And the more we run from it, the worse it gets. There's a quote here uh, I found the other day. It's, although our deep-seated tendency is to reject the unwanted in an effort to prevent suffering, it turns out that all the, all the ways resi we resist actually limit our lives, bringing us pain. So that's the way it is. That's going through. So when you can turn and go through something, once you turn around and say, okay, I'm gonna, it's something shifts. I know this from a direct experience. When you face it, it, it the story, the conditioning, mostly the stories about your fear disappear and you, and you go through it. So what would be an example of one of the techniques that you might be teaching at your workshop? What's an example of a way to practice this and get ourselves to this place where we are somewhat okay? Okay, so there's two, I'll give you actually two things. And the idea in any kind of, we're going through a, a trauma, right? This is really sort of, uh, especially the people who are working, have been working on the front lines, because it's, it's uh, the stress is present all the time and it doesn't go away. You have to go back to it. It's not like you, you're in some event and the event dissipates. I mean, it's, it's constantly going on. So the level of stress is high. Um, one thing I like to work with is resources. So what's a resource a resource for me is usually a person it could be a place um that when you think about this person or place and place what do i mean by it, it could be nature it could be your favorite spot in the woods it could be your favorite beach when you think about that place you feel relaxed you feel calm or a person in your life and the person could be uh, living or dead and not not usually a child it could be a grandmother it could be your parents it could be an auntie uh could be a best friend, could be a teacher you had that you recognized you, recognized the light in you when you were struggling in high school. And when you think about that person, you smile. That's a resource. So that would be one of my invitations is when people, not just at these times, but any stressful times as well, let's write down, let's do, we, and I do a whole exercise, write down the resource, talk about it, share it. And, and, what comes up in your body? I like to tune into the body. What comes up when you think about Aunt Mary? Well, she was always kind to me. You know, stuff was going on at home. I could always go to her house and she, you know, there was no criticism. I always felt loved. And people start to get emotional because they're feeling that connection to that person. So the invitation is, okay, even though Aunt Mary's been dead 20 years, what would happen if you just imagine her standing behind you? Wow, this body comes down. Uh, and we have this available to us all the time. Now, some people, it's their faith. Maybe it's Buddha. Maybe it's Jesus. Maybe it's a higher power. But in the, sometimes when stress hits, all that goes out the window. Why? I can't. I can't. You can't think of. So you need to come back or, you know, or you have the, an inner strength. How did you get here? How did you survive what you survived? Well, I did this. I did it. Okay. So can you tap into that? Maybe your inner strength is a resource. Because, you know, when the boat starts rocking, we all panic. So the idea is to go back, find that resource. Uh, and that'll be the exercise, one of the exercises. And that's a really, and this for any kind of conditioning or any kind of situation where there's anxiety or there's fear, is to get in touch with a resource. 
Another thing too, and this would be, this would be in the same mold is, you know, we have ancestors who survived a lot of shit. Can I say that on the air? <laughs> you know, they've been through a lot they've, and they've come out and maybe that's the resource. Maybe you don't know that person or maybe you do. Maybe they walked out of the Holocaust. Wow. So this is nothing. You know, or maybe they, they, you know, came out of slavery. And you go, oh, okay. The, okay, this is scary, but nothing like that. And, you're, and, but you, and, may, and you know them. Maybe you actually know my grandmother's grandmother. And you can say, okay, maybe you bring them in and say, okay. And they survived and life was able to come down through them to you. People come out of the war. And that's, and just say, okay, you know what? That's in my DNA. Everybody survived. Life came down for me. I can, I can, I can hold this. This a little, it sucks, but it's nothing like what they had to deal with. So that's another, I, it's another sort of guided imagery to just get in touch with that person or, or, or several people. Now, these are really good tools. And for those who can't make the workshop that you're going to be doing at the end of June at the School of Social Welfare, are there places that they can connect with you or find resources like this if they're interested yeah. in, in knowing more about how to help them get through this time? Yes. If they want to, the best way to do it is to just send me an email, you know, and maybe with a school of social welfare, heard your, heard your thing or something or, and just send me an email and I can send, I actually send them a, a packet of exercises or something that they could practice. And do you have or a website can, for them to find your email? Yeah, or? Bill, uh, Bill Mantle, it's billmantle.com. Okay. Uh, and they, they can go on and, and type in their, their uh, link. But, you know, just send me, you can send me a message through the website too. Okay. That, like a, that might be the better way to do it. Either way is fine. Yeah, because there's so many people, this podcast people listen to all over, you know, the the country. And even I know we have a few followers in Australia and some other countries. So if people are interested, I always like to have them be able to connect with the, the guest in some way to find some resources to help them. Sure, probably my email, Alyssa, is okay. the best. And just with a, something in the subject, interested in resources for, you know, difficult times. That sounds good. So one of the parts of your your description also you said you quoted the words of Anthony DeMello and says we are not afraid of the unknown we are afraid of the loss of the known which makes complete sense so as clinicians as social workers as we're helping clients move through this anxiety when we ourselves may be struggling with the same anxieties about this loss of known what are some ways that we can do that? Because even, and not even as a clinician, as a, as a parent, when I'm working with my daughter, it's, she has questions and I also have my own stresses about what's happening, what next, you know, why can't we do the things that we used to be able to do? How do we get through this? Well, first, there's all those practical things, right? Kids are asking how come. And the, the first thing is to recognize what's happening in you. I mean, to really take a pause. Okay, what am I really afraid of? I ask people, what's their fear, right? So Anthony DeMello is a Christian mystic. He died too soon. He died in the 80s, but he's written some incredible books. And the loss of the known, you know, the unknown is, okay, we'll get through it. We'll get through it. But when something is taken away, like we're all in this time out, it's like, okay, I don't, it's really this like, whoa, what's going to happen? So to go inside, say, what's, what's really my fear here? 
what really is my fear? Is it I'm going to lose my job? Okay, that's legitimate. I'm going to be able to put food on the table. Yeah, okay. Those are all real, concrete. But what else is coming up? And, that, and when you can recognize that, maybe it's not as big as you thought it was. Maybe it's just, you know, you're, we're caught up in too much of what's happening on the news and it's, we're being bombarded. So that's where I would start. Check in with yourself. Take a pause. Some people, uh, colleagues would call it a sacred pause. You just take a, hey, what's really, you know, and maybe, I, and it's okay not to know. It's okay not to have the answer. I mean, sometimes as parents, we think uh, we, we think we have to have the answer. It's okay to tell you, you know, I don't know, but let's maybe, let's, we'll find that out together. I mean, those are really good tools. And I, I know even when you mentioned the news, I like to be informed about things, but there was a time where I'm like, I have to take a step back because now my anxiety is going up when it wasn't up before because of something that I saw on the news, because then your mind starts to wander and you, you, you hear things and you're like, well, could that impact me or how, what is the connection? So that ability to be informed, but not to have it can be consumed by everything that's out in the media because it, with 24 hour news, it's so easy. To, and with social media, it's so easy to get pulled in to, um, mm-hmm. a little too much, a little over, it's, over, overwhelmed, overloaded. Yeah. And I think overloaded is right. I'm not a scientist, but there's been studies of it. This what the screens do to our brains and they frazzle us and we can't sleep at night. I mean, for me, I, I'm a newspaper guy, so what I've gone back to is reading. So if I need to keep informed, I'd rather take a chunk of something, especially with what's going on today with all the demonstrations and COVID. Let me take a chunk of something. And so it helps me to slow down and read, I, whether it's two or three periodicals, but it's just to slow down and read some sort of very uh, informed article, different perspectives. So I'm not getting bombarded with a screen and interviews and stuff like that. So, okay. I like this. I like this reporter. I trust him or her, you know, I like this uh, newspaper I trust. And then, and you're actually slowing down and doing, I know it's hard in our fast paced world because it's easier to pick this up and go, okay, Facebook, I'm going to go here and I'm going to go here. I'm going to go or Twitter. Oh my God. Twitter. I think it's just going to rattle everybody's brains. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's one way of doing it. It's, it's okay. If I'm, if I need information and if I have a, can have an hour or half an hour, which is rare. So I'm going to, I'm going to read, I'll, let me grab a newspaper. Let me just read. I really want to follow up on this story. Let me read it. You know, that's one way of doing it. Well, I think these are good tips because I find that at least people that I've been talking to, you know, they might have had sort of a self-care plan when they were going to work, their kids were in school. They sort of had this routine that was working for them. So they were in this place of balance. And then as everything changed, kids were home, work was now remotely. They were having trouble separating that work-life balance because now there was all this gray with their working from home, trying to find that ability to stay, you know, where they were in that self-care kind of place where the things were more balanced for them. And it's been a lot of, I think, rediscovering what works for them to get them to that place. And now with things starting to reopen and other anxieties that come with that, trying to now shift again to get to that balance that works for you. Yeah, everybody's looking, everybody's looking for balance. Part of the only, for me, finding balance is to, is to, is to get still. Be still. Find a way to be still. Um, and, and that you don't have to actually physically stop moving, but sometimes that helps. Uh, and any kind of spiritual practice that people may have, that's, I would 
follow that. I know sometimes when this hits, everybody, that all goes out the window. Come back. Just find a way to be still and go, okay, what's my next step? What do I need to do? I, gyms aren't open. Maybe I don't want to go back to the gym, but I want to do something. People are doing online courses, or yoga, and that may help people. But it's really, we spend so much time looking for the balance. We stay unbalanced. Yep. Versus, let me, let, you know what, let me just get quiet. Uh, and what do I need to do next? You know what, I need to make dinner, or I need to do this, or, or this, what's in front of me that really is asking for my attention? And maybe that's where you go. And what happens is, when we start to pay attention to what's in front of us, I think you, the balance comes automatically. Yeah, it's good to eat well, it's good, we want to keep our bodies in shape, I understand all that. Uh, but sometimes we can't. So we, and that just rocks the boat even more. So you want to come back and say, okay, let me just do what I can do now. It's that, that mindfulness piece of that being in the present. Yeah, right. And that's hard because mindfulness tends to go out the window. But if we can catch a breath and go, okay, what's really happening? I'm sitting in my chair. I'm healthy. Um, I have no, you know, pressing issues right now. I have to couple things on my to-do list. It's just coming back to the present go, what really do I need to do right now? What needs to happen? Do I need to go out and get my daughter, you know, a new pair of sneakers? No, I don't. That goes off the list. <laughs> you know, it's just coming back, and that's hard, but you're right. It's like mindfulness is coming back. What, what, what do I need to do now? What has to happen right now? And that, and the more you can come back to that, people get a lot calmer. Well, we're running we're out of time, but I wanted to thank you for coming. This was a great discussion. This was a great discussion. Thanks. So thank you for having this virtual conversation with me as we're still in the age of social distancing. But you have so many great points today to help us process this, this not knowing, as you, as you, as you <laughs> mentioned. Because that, for me, is where the, some of the anxiety is and that loss of what was known. And... Mm. I think one of the things we're all going through this together and we all have our different situations of what's, you know, whether it's somebody might be unemployed and lost their job now and somebody else is struggling balancing work while homeschooling and we're all going through different situations, but as a collective, we're having the same one event that we're going through and trying to process how we're going to get through it. And mm -hmm. I want to thank you for coming on and talking about your upcoming workshop, but really how we can start to process this and have decrease our anxiety. And especially as clinicians who are trying to work with clients as they're processing their own anxieties, how do we get through this so we can help those that we're yeah. still, we're still working with. So I want to thank you again for our listeners. We are with Bill Mannell, who is a licensed uh, marriage and family therapist and private practice in Connecticut. He's been on our show before discussing family, family constellations, Definitely an expert in the field. So I want to thank you again for coming today. Thank you for having me. And it's actually great to see you again. So, <laughs> And for those who are interested in his workshop, it is called, titled Embracing the Unknown or the Not Knowing in the Time of COVID-19. It's through the University at Albany School of Social Welfare's Continuing Education Program. It will be held on June 25th, 2020 from 9 a.m. to noon via Zoom. So thank you, Bill. All right. Take care. Be well. You're listening to The Social Workers on WCDB Albany.